Welcome to Reside by Sotheby's International Realty. I'm Eric Weinbrecht, your host and guide as we dive into the pages of Reside magazine to discover more about the incredible people, places, and brands featured within. Please be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to at Sotheby's Realty on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to experience incredible homes and stories from around the world. Without further delay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to the Reside Podcast. Last week, brand president and CEO Philip White appeared on Brad Inman's Daily Dispatch podcast. I would like to share that interview with you today. Here's Brad and Philip. Enjoy. Welcome to my Daily Dispatch. When I graduated from college, my best friend Peter Berger went to New York City and I journeyed to California. One way we stayed in touch was by playing chess by mail. Yes, snail mail. We both had identical boards set up in our respective apartments. I would mail him a move and he would do the same. It took about six months to finish a game. Have you noticed how life is in some ways much slower now? Almost slow motion. I do have some friends who are a little frazzled with too many Zoom calls all day and are exhausted in the evening. I have been telling them, slow down. The same message I finally told myself this past weekend after I noticed my own frenetic pace. It feels like there is nothing to be in a hurry about. We cannot rush the virus. It has its own pace. We cannot speed up when we will be out of isolation. That is out of our control. And we can't rush fixing the economy. That too, out of our control. I reached out to Peter Berger by snail mail this morning for kicks. I'll keep you posted. Today, I'm pleased to have with me Philip White, the CEO of Sotheby's International. Amazing, a real estate veteran of 39 years. What depth and breadth of experience this gentleman brings us to today, brings us today. Greetings, Philip. Welcome to the Daily Dispatch. Thank you, Brad. Um, I hope you're well, Brad, and I just want to congratulate you on these daily podcasts. I think they've really been reassuring for the industry, and, and I've enjoyed all of them. So congratulations. Well, you know, for me, I get 30 quality minutes to talk to leaders like you, and um, I learn so much, and uh, I get to know these people better, so it's been a real joy. Um, hey, it's raining here. How, how's the weather where you are, and where are you, Philip? I'm in New Jersey. I have a townhouse near Summit, New Jersey, and um, I'm working in my home office. Uh, Fortunately, my wife, Kathy, uh, put together our home office right before the virus hit. So I have an office uh, nearby in Madison, New Jersey at the Realogy headquarters, and I have an office at our brokerage, our big brokerage office uh, in Manhattan at 650 Madison Avenue. So I don't need to really work from home, but I'm working from home now. Um, I'm in my home office with my treadmill behind me, so oh, I'm getting my, getting my exercise. Would you would you mind putting in about 15 to 30 minutes for me? Um, well, I put in, actually, I put in, I have my own coronavirus test, Brad, so. Okay. Uh, which is, if I can run four miles in 32 minutes or less, then I think I'm testing negative, so. Well, Promise to run some for me because I'll, I'm not, I'll do, I don't, I'll do I don't have a treadmill. I'll do that. I'm so impressed by my friends that are like, 
running for four miles and you know i bike a mile and then come back but uh anyway hey um did you ever hear the expression we quell the storm and ride the thunder yeah what is that that's a marine corps slogan right i think so um i can't say for sure but you were in the marine corps though right yes sir i was Whereabouts were you stationed? And that was back in the sixties or seventies or eighties or. Yeah, well, I was uh, I was in the Marine Corps. I was uh, nineteen years old. Um, wow. And it, wow. it was in the seventies, wow. and it was the tail end of Vietnam. And I was in Paris Island, South Carolina, wow. um, and uh, beautiful South Carolina. Um, and then I was in uh, Camp Lejeune, which is in North Carolina, gotcha. and some other stops along the way, but. That so was once a long time ago. Once a Marine, always Marine. Does that still hold true? Well, it does. You know, you have great respect for the Marine Corps. You know, some of the great leaders have come out of the Marine Corps. And you learn a lot uh, going through the, the Marine Corps and the training and, the you know, the boot camp and, and uh, you know, just the camaraderie and working as a team. Uh, so it's uh, it was a great experience. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful I did it. I'm, I'm happy I served my country at the same time. Oh, that's great. We we appreciate your service, even though it was quite a while ago. Hey, let me ask you this. I'm just curious if your PR people got this number wrong, because what a staggering achievement. I'm just wondering if there's a B instead of an M in here. It says 15 years you build up Sotheby's. Is it $4 billion in global sales volume to $114 billion? Yes, it was. Today? When we took over Sotheby's International Realty, uh, you know, it was not a franchise network. Uh, it was a, a really, it was an affiliation network. There were company-owned stores involved, uh, and they had, the, the prior year, 2013, they had done just slightly over $4 billion in sales. And then 2019, uh, we came in at, at $114 billion. Wow, that is just amazing. Um, That's a big percentage. That's a big percentage. Congratulations. Thank you. And now let me ask you another question. I have an older brother, Brent, and you're quite a bit different and we love each other dearly. Um, We both had our share of success, but we took two different tracks. He started out as an auditor with Cooper and Lybrand County uh, Hogs in Illinois and rose up all the way to vice chairman of uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. And he was a company man. And to this day, he is as loyal as he can possibly be. I don't know how many years he retired early to play golf. I know you're a golfer. And, um, but we've often had later in life discussions about, you know, not the company man in a derogatory way. I mean, he was loyal and committed. You fall into that category. Um, your, your devotion and your loyalty to your brand and your company why have we lost that? Why do people move around so much? Um, what you, what's in your DNA that you know gives you that uh, spirit to to commit a, you know, a lifelong career to basically the same company? I know it's changed hands, but more or less the same company. Yeah, well, when I think about that, Brad, I mean, really, at the end of the day, I see myself at, really as a real estate broker. Um, I'm still a licensed broker. I've sold houses. I've been an agent. I've been a manager of a big real estate operation. I've owned my own company. Um, So I've been an entrepreneur. So, you know, I haven't been at the same company the whole time. Uh, I've been with the same brand off and on. Um, I have a deep appreciation for the Sotheby's brand. 
Um, I first learned about it when I was in college and, and I was studying in London and I went to an auction. Uh, I was invited to an auction. I was a young fellow then and I was amazed at, you know, they have a, a number of people in the room bidding up, you know, paintings. And I thought it was an amazing thing. Um, they were not in the real estate business at that point. And then when I saw that they got into the real estate business, I really, a long time ago, really believed that it could be a very significant real estate brand. And this is a long time ago. So you did uh, that. You really yeah, made so, that happen. Well, I, you know, it's not just me, obviously there, there are a lot of people that have made it happen and, and really, you also, you also dusted all your competitors. Well, I, you know, I'd like to think that, but we have a lot of competitors, Brad. And, uh, and, you know, I think, you know, speaking of competition, I think one good thing coming out of this virus is, you know, we're really working very collaboratively with some of our competitors to get, to get these transactions closed in a virtual environment. So I think that's, you know, kind of one of the positives that's coming out of it. You know, I, I know, in fact, you're in Los Angeles, I believe, and the uh, story just last week, uh, one of our competitors, we were trying to close a deal in LA and uh, the, the seller was in France and couldn't leave. So we worked with one of the Sotheby International Realty offices, actually the office in Nice. We found a notary public and got the deal closed. So we worked collaboratively with our competitors there, which I, you know, I'm very proud of that. You know, it's funny. I, um, I once walked away from a deal in, in New York City because the realtor um, wouldn't let me do DocuSign. And I said, well, I'm not going to do this deal unless you do DocuSign. And she said, what's DocuSign? I said, well, go look it up on the internet. She goes, calls me back, says, we don't do that. And I go, well, then great. You're not going to uh, get to steal. And she goes, well, I have to learn a whole new software program. I said, well, it'll take you about four hours. I think it costs yeah. you 90, 99 bucks. Um, you and I both know what the size of your commission. Are you seriously going to walk away from this? <laughs> and I just did this recently with a big bank who wanted to send over a notary. And I said, give me a break. Seriously? You're going you're gonna to send a notary here and risk my life so you can have a notarized signature when you know damn well you can get away with not having it. And what I love is the collapsing of this ridiculous bureaucracy that you're all too familiar with that held us back on more transactions of inefficient deals. Um, states are, you know, are scrambling to change the laws and some of this ridiculousness that just, it's just tradition. It's BS. It doesn't protect anybody. So I'm happy to hear, and I know you're leading the way on this and realogy is, um, but congratulations on that. Hey, let's move into the luxury market. Um, I've heard, let's deal with one thing right away. Jumbo mortgages, some big lenders are pulling away from it. They're not, they're not, they're not giving them. And, uh, are you all working to avoid that? Because that could be the death knell of, of the luxury market, right? If we don't, I mean, not every, everything's an all cash deal. Um, people no. need mortgages to buy luxury houses. Uh, is that a threat here that we should be worried about? You know, I don't really think so, Brad. I think that the debt market was really in a bit of chaos. Um, and I think the Fed did step in and I think their stimulus uh, moves really last week, I, in my prediction, will stabilize the, the mortgage market. And I think we're starting to see that already. Um, and, you know, what they're doing is going out and buying debt. And I think that's going to be very, very positive 
for the economy. So I think they're taking very positive steps. So, so, you're, so you're not worried about that. That's maybe a short term blip. I know a lot of people are worried about this. Yeah, the, I think the, it's the correct. Fundamental. I, I think Even, it's really correcting. Yeah. Let me ask you um, now about the luxury market. Let's deal with two parts. Um, or three parts, really. What are you hearing from your broker owners and your agents uh, about demand, buyers? What are what are buyers saying and doing? Any stories you can give us would be great. What are sellers saying? Um, you know, and I guess I'm interested in the decrease while we're in it now, but also maybe as it thaws. Um, and then, how's your agent community doing? How how are the luxury agents out there? Um, and, you know, bite off one at a time and I'll probably interrupt you, but let's start with the buyers. Are, are people buying expensive homes like lots well, of us I, sitting I, on the sidelines or what's happening? You know, obviously the demand has dropped off in the last several weeks, you know, significantly. Um, and I think that's no surprise. But I, I think what I would like to talk about, you know, is is going into this, the, the luxury market was probably the strongest that I've ever seen. Uh, you know, it seemed like each day we were setting a new record price. Whether Why it was, was that, before. Philip? Why was their demand so high? What do you think that was about? Austerity? I mean, you had the, yeah, I think the stock market yeah. it had a lot to do with it. In the, yeah. the Dow at 30,000 was pretty positive. Um, and, you know, real estate is a tangible asset. Um, and there were opportunities out there. And you look at the David Giffen sale in LA, the Calvin Klein sale in Southampton, you know, record breaking sales that were happening. You know, we're coming off one of the strongest quarters that we've had, not just, uh, you know, Sotheby's International Realty, but others as well. So that's what make, makes this a little bit more difficult because, you know, we, we were really set up to have a very strong year. Um, but you know, there are, there are transactions happening. Uh, we just set a record last week, uh, on Cape Cod. Uh, it was a $20 million transaction that closed. It was a record for that community. Um, and you know, the buyer said, you know, this is, uh, you know, a long-term investment and, um, you know, that's what, you know, that they wanted to, you know, buy it in, in lieu of stocks or bonds, you know, uh, real estate is something you can hold on to. Um, so there are positive stories and I think we're going to set another record at the end of this week as well. I can't get into the details on that. Oh, come on, Philip. Tell me a little, what is it? Uh, it I just can't do it. It's, it's up in the Northeast. It's in the, it's in the Northeast. Yeah. So Boston. (laughs) Just South of Boston, just South of Boston. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it hasn't died. Have you heard any stories? I've heard it a couple of times and I always think, oh, come on, guys. Um, as the stock market, you know, got more than frigid on us, um, that people were going, I'll, I'll invest in a real estate, as you said, a hard asset. Um, yeah. But that's probably not really happening at any level that you can document, right? It, once we hesitate economically, we tend to hesitate across, across the board. Well, but you it, know, you, is try, there, you try to... Brad, I mean, you try to bar, you you, sh- you you try to look back on you know reference points, and you know one I have is you know we lived through the two thousand eight financial crisis, and and Brad, I know you remember this as well that you know the high end part of the market actually led us out of that recession uh, from a real estate point of view. So, you know, I'm kind of thinking that you know that may hold true here, um, just because we were having such a strong year. Um, and what's so different from 08 is the inventory levels, as you know, 
Um, and and 08 was a, a financial crisis as well as a real estate crisis. So, you know, this particular one uh, is not a real estate crisis. So that's why I'm positive about it. Now, you also ask about agents. Um, and, you know, and so we're, you know, really focused on helping them get through this in a lot of different ways. I mean, one of which is really just communication. Uh, we're going to hold a top agent panel uh, on Thursday uh, and have some of our top agents share some of their best practices with, with other agents and how they're weathering the storm and what they're doing to make deals happen, even, you know, when they're, you know, working from home. So we think sharing from with, with our peer group is a really positive thing. Now, will there be some agents here that just won't survive and they, they don't have the funds, they won't get through it? Or uh, I assume there'll be a thinning out across the board, not just Sotheby's. You, you have a good window into the entire industry. What's your sense here that this is a thinning out? I've heard two theories. Yes, maybe a thinning out, but also um, more people will come into the business because getting a real estate license is, is one way you know, to, to earn income when you can't get a job. What's your sense of that? Yeah, you know, that's hard to really judge. I mean, certainly 2008 was a tough time uh, for real estate agents. Like I said, if, if, if this thing bounces back quicker, you know, then I don't really see a mass exodus from the, from the business. Um, I, I do think, however, you know, agents who've kind of, you know, had their licenses active, but really were just not producing, I think they may leave the business. Um, that would be the category I think that would probably leave the business. Yeah. They're, but they're not really doing anything. And of course, you know, we, there are a lot of agents in that category. Gotcha. Now, do you, what's your, um, let's look at the sellers or is anyone listing their house right now? It's probably not a time to list your house, right? You know, there, there are some listings they've dropped off, but we are listing properties. Um, because there are people, you know, that may have an economic need to sell, uh, given the economy. Um, but then again, you know, even though demand has dropped off, clearly, we are still seeing some properties getting multiple offers. We had a situation in, in Los Angeles this week with a, a property that had multiple offers. Uh, also, actually, out of our Brentwood office, uh, we had two sales fall out of escrow. They went back into escrow that same week. So... You know, there's still activity um, and, you know, there are people that, you know, want to sell their house, you know, and I think what we're trying to do is, is you know, get that property ready to really be heavily marketed once this, uh, you know, once the virus kind of starts to ease up a bit. So we'll be prepared to really get it properly on the market. What's your sense of uh, luxury, let's say marketing or... Um, trying to get listings or do you see anything that the coronavirus other than maybe a more efficient transaction or, you know, easier closings. Is there anything else that you think the coronavirus as a forcing function might change how luxury real estate does business? Anything you, you see out there that might, wow, maybe this will be a trend or maybe realtors shouldn't be doing this anymore and they should be focused on this. Anything that comes to mind? Um, sure. I mean, I think, you know, one thing is, for the, at least the last decade, we've believed that the the first showing of a house happens online. Um, the the second showing is when they physically walk in the door. Um, as a result, you know our agents have produced thousands of professional video 
uh, and 3D virtual tours. So, you know, these agents are already sort of benefiting from the virus because they were prepared from a technology point of view to present their properties in that format. Um, I think one thing, you know, with, with the work from home, our, the attendance on our webinars for uh, CRM, electronic marketing, social media platforms, they really have, they've skyrocketed this, this past week. Um, and then, you know, our agents are rallying around their communities and raising funds for the less fortunate. So uh, agents yeah. aren't, aren't just letting this go to waste. Uh, so I think it's, it's forcing uh, us, all of us, uh, you know, to embrace technology, you know, learn it faster, uh, learn how to use it effectively. So, um, you know, so for those who, you know, pushed away from that, this is really forcing them to do that. Yeah, that's a positive thing, you know, whether it's luxury real estate or, 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 or what have you. So uh, that's definitely a positive. But what's your, I've heard some people, you know, big picture say, well, you know, the ports push people to the West or push people to countries where they could do commerce. Highways push people, you know, the railroad to the West and highways to the suburbs and racial issues in the 60s push people out and then the back to the cities movement in the 80s and 90s brought people back into the city. Is there any possibility you think the coronavirus could be a trigger? Um, for example, maybe I don't want to live in dense cities. Maybe I'm going to live further out. Maybe rural settings are you know better. Any thoughts on could this change our patterns? Do you think buyers, for example, of luxury homes may look for alternatives? Well, I think what we're seeing is that in you know, this last month has taught us the entire world, you know, we, we can work from more places than we thought. Uh, you know, businesses are, are continuing to operate with a completely virtual workforce uh, like we are at Sotheby's International Realty. Um, so I think luxury market will continue to become more lifestyle focused. Uh, you know, if you like if you'd like to play golf or have other sports in mind or other things you like to pursue, you know, and you've always dreamed of living in Scottsdale or Mallorca, Spain, when you retire, you may, you know, move that, you know, forward given what's happening to enjoy, you know, the fruits of your labor a little bit earlier. So, I mean, I could see movement there um, in light of what's happening. You know, but I did go back to technology. I think that's going to shape things. Um, you know, and density, as you mentioned, you know, that's, you know, that that is different from in different places. So, um, you know, many of our homeowners have multiple homes. They're in a financial position to do that. Um, and we've definitely seen pin up demand for houses in less dense locations, certainly on our website traffic. Um, so that has showed up. We have definitely seen that. Um, so I don't know that that's going to, you know, hold after this, but there is, you know, of course people are at home, so they're searching on the web for a lot of different things. But, but you know, for somebody in New York City, they may be looking now more at suburban Connecticut. And, and we're here in Boston, you know, maybe looking at Cape Cod. That's a little bit more of a, on a rental basis. But yeah, yeah we have yeah. traffic, you know, more traffic now for – Houses on private islands and farm and ranch property website traffic is up. So there are things happening there. 
That's interesting. I I, uh, I suspect that it could be momentary, right? It could be it, it could moment be. of fear, but it could be, you know, a last. I, I like the idea that <clears throat> this thing is probably remind us um, how life can be really short, you know, with this yes. many people infected and dying. And maybe it's time that uh, we realize our aspirations um, because you never know when something's going to come you know, right into your living room and yep. uh, threaten us. So maybe on that uh, kind of negative and high note, we'll, we'll leave it. Um, I really appreciate um, you being on the show with me. Is there any last words you'd like to, to send to the Inman community? Well, I just, I think that, I think when I look at this crisis um, and I've been through a number of them, Brad, um, in my career and um, you know, they're all a little bit different. Um, but the one constant that I have, have found is that even in a difficult, you know, economy, economic situation, that that's when people even need a real estate professional even more. Um, so even though it's not been difficult, I can look back at the different crises I've been through, you know, and they've all been rewarding. Uh, they require more work. They're challenging. But like I said, it you know, it, it's when these, you know, people are going to need that top level service. So, you know, I'm very encouraged about that. I think we're going to be, I'm going to be optimistic about it. And I think we're going to come out of this very strong. Yeah, I, um, I think you're, you're right. And I'm very optimistic. And, you know, speaking of that realtor, every couple of days, I open the front door and there's a bag out there with something that only my realtor would know I need. And then I look out and my trash bucket has been put away behind the fence and only my real estate agent would know to do that. He didn't knock on my door. He didn't bother me. And, you know, I love my realtors, but I've always said it's, you know, I, I hire them to do a professional job. I'm not hiring them to be a friend. Um, but um, it just, uh, it, it just, a, you know, a weekly reminder how, how valuable these people are um, in their communities and to all of us. Hey, I really, one, I want to congratulate you on your success. You've had a, an amazing career and you've contributed so much to the industry. And uh, I really appreciate this uh, 30 minutes to get to know you better. And I wish you luck um, getting through the pandemic and uh, let's stay in touch and uh, um, really, really thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe to the Reside by Sotheby's International Realty podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you're craving more Reside, visit Sotheby'sRealty.com slash Reside for more from this and previous issues of the magazine. Until next time.